This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Thursday afternoon, January 18th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on an action-packed Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. The influence of artificial intelligence is just one factor in a changing job market. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a report in the Sun-Times indicates the White Sox are considering a location in the South Loop for a new ballpark. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Mark Gannis, president and co-founder of Sports Corp Limited in Chicago. Mark, thank you for joining us today. And this is a story that one could argue was decades in the making. The White Sox have considered at various points in its history moving from 35th and Shields to the South Loop. The earliest such uh, example was uh, the Allen family, which owned the White Sox in the 60s, uh, considering building a new stadium on top of what were then the tracks leading up to Dearborn State station in the South Loop. So this might be the end of a very long journey. You have great historical recollection, Rob, as it relates to the White Sox especially. Most people barely can remember three seasons ago. And you go all the way back to the Allen uh, uh, family owning the team. Yeah, this is a if the if this happens and there are a lot of things to take place before it does this would be transformational for generations for the white Sox. it would be coming closer to downtown it could help minimize the gap between the cubs and the white Sox in terms of relevance in town and it it uh, it, it it's one of those big ideas that often have a difficult time happening but if it does, it could be awesome. Now, I've, I've seen the renderings uh, of this new stadium, and this could potentially give the White Sox a PNC park because uh, in Pittsburgh, the uh, facility there uh, across the river from downtown, I mean, just an incredible view of downtown Pittsburgh from the outfield of PNC Park in Pittsburgh, and you would get an amazing vista of the Chicago skyline from this proposed uh, stadium location at uh, Clark and Roosevelt in the South Loop. Uh, this land has been vacant uh, basically since the 60s, uh, ever since the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad moved out. And uh, it's it's been kind of vacant because it's hard to hook up infrastructure. And that's where the cost comes in. And it's going to be a hefty price tag. Definitely be a hefty price tag. I am very familiar with PNC Park. That's one of the projects we worked on on behalf of Allegheny County. Then very proud of that one. Uh, the, 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 the city has been moving closer to this site. So the infrastructure costs that at one time would have been prohibitive uh, are far less so because there's been so much development that has moved down to the Roosevelt Road area. So much development for residential, commercial, retail uh, that has moved down into that area that even uh, adding to the road infrastructure will be a far lesser cost than it would have been even a decade ago. That having been said, 
this is a very valuable piece of property. Uh, it would require government participation uh, to a meaningful degree to make happen. Uh, and the land is currently uh, controlled and owned by a for-profit private developer, not the public sector. So that's another factor to be added into the mix. And, and without uh, getting too lost in the weeds of various uh, uh, various public financing measures, because that's all the, the question everybody has this morning or this afternoon is, what's the price tag? And they're going off the you know the epic struggle to create the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority in the summer of 1988 to keep the Sox in Chicago to keep them from going to Tampa and are we talking about direct public subsidy as a possibility or uh, could we be talking about a, a pilot type situation a payment in lieu of taxes uh, uh, method that was uh, discussed for the Bears Stadium in Arlington Heights. That'll be subject to the negotiations between the White Sox and the relevant parties. But keep in mind that the current stadium uh, is paid for almost entirely by the public sector. It's construction, it's capital improvements, even a significant part of its uh, its operating expenses. So uh, you know, with that as the template that the White Sox live in now, I think we'd have to be thinking more towards the higher end of public participation for, rather than the lower end. Mark Gannis, president and co-founder of Sports Corp Limited in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Talk about the uh, possible new White Sox Stadium in the South Loop. Coming up, a look at the jobs of the future. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Technology Thursday. The rapid evolution of technology, including AI, will foster huge changes in employment. Let's discuss the jobs of the future with Jason Wachtel, managing partner, J.W. Michaels and Company in Chicago. Jason, thank you for joining us today. And uh, one of the quotes that really has stuck with me over the last uh, year or so as AI has become a larger uh, part of the workplace experience is that uh, AI is not going to take your job. It's the person who knows AI who's going to take your job. And is that the case when we run down some of the uh, possible future employment opportunities inside this world of artificial intelligence? Yes, I think you said it very well. AI is going to have a major impact on how people get jobs and the type of jobs they're going to have or the jobs are going to be eliminated. So depending upon the industry that you're in, um, if you have exposure to AI, it's very important you get involved in that, get a knowledge base, because if you don't learn about it now, you could be in a position in a year or two from now that your job gets eliminated by somebody who's very familiar with AI technology. And it seems like uh, some of the most lucrative uh, jobs in the next 10 years or so all deal with IT infrastructure as more and more of a company's operations uh, go into the cloud or go into servers or go into the artificial intelligence space. Uh, it would be very necessary to have people who uh, build and maintain those spaces and keep them secure. Yes. I mean, people who are in the IT profession, technologists, they're always learning new languages, new codes. And right now, most of technology professionals are trying to get involved in AI because it is the new language. It's the new technology that if they want to be relevant, they have to know and obviously have job security for years and years to come. So very important. In, including uh, 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 data analyst, uh, data protection. And this is my favorite because it reminds me of a fantastic movie from 30 years ago that managed to be managed to, 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 to really see the future. And that is uh, Sneakers with, uh, with Robert Redford and Dan Aykroyd uh, being an ethical hacker. 
Yes, that's very, it's very funny and great movie, by the way. Um, yes, I mean, uh, there's so many things that happen with technology, whether it's hacking. I mean, I know my wife had her identity stolen three weeks ago and it was a complete disaster. So being familiar with AI or, or hacking or just really any technology language will really set you up to have the ultimate job security, not just now, but in the years to come. And also, uh, it's, it's not just uh, jobs that involve a desk or uh, involve uh, uh, being behind a computer. Another job uh, for the next 10 years would be a drone expert expert or pilot. Now, if you spend any time on YouTube, you can find uh, people who are uh, expert drone pilots as hobbyists because they're photographers and they want to get a great image of of a swamp or animals or or, or this, that, or the other thing. And it turns out they could be well-suited for the future. Yeah, I mean, if you look at real estate, uh, real estate agents, you, you see a lot of homes. They do a drone. They do drone footage. Um, I know I recently sold my house a few years ago, and they had a drone person come and take a picture of my house, and then he was going to another house, and then another house after that. So, as you pointed out, these hobbies are turning into full-time and relatively lucrative jobs of people really enjoying what they're doing. Jason Wachtel, managing partner, J.W. Michaels and Company, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, a former Chicago bear teams up with a top chef in a new restaurant. It's 60 minutes of financial planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A highly anticipated restaurant with a celebrity pedigree opens in the South Loop this weekend. Welcome in Israel Adonage, former Chicago Bears defensive end and now the co-owner of the signature bar and restaurant at 13th and Wabash. Uh, not too far away from your old office, is he? <laughs> it's just a stone's throw away. Thanks for having me. Now, th- there is a, a very long and rich history of Chicago Bears players and coaches getting involved in the Chicago culinary scene I mean, going way back to Bobby Douglas uh, owning a piece of the pump room, uh, Gary Fensick and the Hunt Club, and, of course, uh, the legendary Ditkas. So do you feel any pressure to uh, live up to uh, some of your teammates and their restaurant ventures? Yeah, of course. I think, you know, in, in all things, right, when there's a standard, it's important that uh, you show up and you represent. And, you know, I feel definitely that pressure to make sure that Signature is a place in the city that people love to come to. It's a great experience. The service is exceptional and the food is is just out of this world. So there's a little bit of pressure there for sure. Now, Izzy, how did this whole thing come together? When did you get the idea to open a restaurant? And uh, uh, what was kind of your thought process, the selection process when uh, choosing a chef? Yeah, so you know, I've throughout my career, I was I had been investing in restaurants. So I I invested in a number of restaurants, and just so much of our time during the season with your teammates, with your family, you're going out to eat, you're spending a lot of time at different restaurants across the city. So it was always a sector that I was interested in, and you know, obviously, I don't know how to operate a restaurant, so finding a great operating partner was really important. And Stephen Gillanders, who has you know, opened almost 30 restaurants across the country. He has three here in the city, SKY, Apollonia, and Valhalla. He's just an extremely talented chef and operator. I uh, was just fortunate to build a relationship with him over the years. And, and you know, when I started talking, talking with him about partnering up on Signature, doing an elevated sports bar, think sports, but like really sexy. You can go there for date night. You can also go there to watch the games and have a good time. He was fully on board and we've built an amazing team of 50 plus people that we hope to really deliver. And, and, you know, in this space, you know, get a lot of wins. 
All right, so uh, opening day is uh, January 20th, two days away. Uh, is is the nervousness or the sense of anticipation you're experiencing right now, how does that stack up to game day or maybe a playoff game? I mean, it's different, but it is it is still a pressure cooker, especially dealing with this uh, extreme cold that we've had and, you know, water pipes bursting and heat systems struggling to keep up. It's It's been challenging. We've been... Uh, fully thrown into the fire, but we're ready. We're excited. I think that's the main feeling, just excitement about uh, the opening and being able to bring this experience to Chicago. Now, Izzy, have you watched The Bear uh, seasons one and two? And uh, if you have, is it relatable now? (laughs) You know what? Uh, Multiple people have told me that I've got to add that to my watching list. I have not watched The Bear yet, but I'm planning to, to binge watch it soon. Yeah, I'm going to say once uh, once you get the restaurant up and running, uh, then you'll have some time for uh, for binging streaming TV. Izzy Adonijay, former Chicago Bears defensive end, co-owner of Signature Bar and Restaurant, 13th and Wabash. It opens on January 20th. Thanks for joining us today. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, how artificial intelligence will be making life or death decisions. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Flooding along the ice jammed Kankakee River is impacting residents of Will County. A federal report details the huge failures by law enforcement during a deadly school shooting in Texas. In Technology Thursday, artificial intelligence is becoming more involved in decisions that could mean life or death. And Chicago Restaurant Week begins tomorrow. We'll preview the major event. WBM Business, the markets are mixed right now. The Dow is down 67 points. The NASDAQ is up 70. The S&P 500 up 5. 25 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies. At 1231, topping our news at the half hour. Ice jams in the Kenki 
Kankakee River, southwest of Chicago, have prompted a flood warning. Water from the Dresden nuclear plant is being siphoned into the river in an effort to melt the ice. Allison Anderson, director of the Will County Emergency Management Agency, tells CBS2. It helps. Um, it doesn't prevent ice jams. It doesn't completely take them away. It's just one of the mitigation tools that we can use to try and help expedite the process. She adds it could take a couple of days before the effort makes a noticeable difference. A cascading failure is how a new report from the Department of Justice describes the law enforcement response to the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas in May of 2022 that led to the deaths of 19 students and two teachers. The report concludes the hundreds of police officials who responded to the deadly shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde demonstrated no urgency in setting up a command post and failed to treat the killings as an active shooter situation. The DOJ investigation was called for by Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin shortly after the shooting. It specifically identifies an array of problems from failed communication and leadership to inadequate technology and training that federal officials say contributed to the crisis lasting longer than it should have. Attorney General Merrick Garland in Uvalde meeting with the families of those killed. Chris Fox for CBS News, Austin. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed right now. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. And it sounds like uh, Apple is powering the NASDAQ, and that's the bright spot of the day. It is, Rob. We're seeing a little bit of resurgence in Apple Apple has really struggled with better understanding of how they're going to continue to grow inside of China. But what I think the overall market is really having a challenge digesting its interest rates. It's been the theme of 2023. It's the theme again of 2024. And as you see the 10-year note move back about 4% up to almost 4.15, people are really trying to understand when will the Feds actually cut interest rates in 2024 because that has been the guiding light for all equity markets. And this is a situation where, once again, uh, good news may be bad news as far as the stock market is concerned, especially as far as Fed watchers are concerned, because uh, once again, you had a strong retail sales report yesterday. Now you have a very low read on first-time unemployment benefits and uh, some thought that maybe that March uh, interest rate cut is off the table and potentially May is uh, off the table as well. Well, that's the tug of war, and I think you're seeing it really happen in the markets. But the VIX, which is the volatility measurement, we'd like to get a better understanding, understand the CBOE's VIX index, which really is you know, called the fear factor, the fear gauge. But with the VIX still low, I think the expectation is the markets are going to continue to move higher, but it's not going to be in a straight line. Nothing's linear. And when you're seeing the dispersion between the sectors, you're seeing technology recover, but you're also seeing you know, biotech and, and some of the healthcare names that were beat up in 2023 come back to life. So I think understanding what you own is going to be really critical this year, but I think the interest rate outlook will be the paramount input for all investors. And I think interest rates will go lower, and I think we'll be surprised. Interest rate cuts are going to happen sooner than the market is currently anticipating, but there's a lot of flip-flopping and a lot of undecisiveness in the marketplace, and that's the volatility we're seeing and enduring. We're getting a market update right now from Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial in Chicago. Now, at the same time, if you were listening to the noon business hour at the end of last year, in December of 2023, a number of analysts were on uh, saying that this is how it, that, that this is, this shouldn't be a surprise in January, that uh, you were going great guns into, uh, into the end of the year, and that maybe there would be a step back in January as traders assess uh, the environment going into 24. 
Uh, I think you're absolutely right, Rob. And yes, we could agree upon that some of the gains of 2024 were stolen back in December. We had such a great November and such a great December. So you did see some of those gains get pulled forward. But I actually think this is quite healthy. When you saw the S&P 500 hit a new all-time high just recently at 4,800, you see a small pullback. That's actually really healthy. It's called consolidation. So when the market comes back to 4,700, comes back to 4,600, it has the ability to then move higher. So I think the market will move higher. We have to understand we're building a base. There's a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines. There's $6 trillion still sitting on the cash, and now they're feeling underinvested. And you're going to see some of the bears, like in 2023, chase this market higher. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You have trillions of dollars sitting in uh, money market savings accounts because they were getting a better return uh, via interest rates than in the markets uh, in 2022. What is that going to do as that market, as, as that money, that $6 trillion uh, or $8 trillion moves out of uh, these bank accounts and uh, back into equities. Well, I think that money that was earning 5 6% nearly is, is realizing that that may be over from a short-term perspective. They're still going to earn, earn 4%, but we look when the S&P 500 was up 25% in 2023. That measuring stick favors equity. So I think you're going to see people move in to essential names. You know I'm a portfolio manager for the essential four. You think big blue chip, tangible names, ones that we utilize in our economy. Those are the names you're going to want to own. It's going to be volatile, but nonetheless, those are the names that are going to prevail as we see markets realize what the Fed is going to do, and that's going to be cutting interest rates. Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO, KKM Financial in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, life or death decisions made by artificial intelligence. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday, and as artificial intelligence expands its influence, it'll become more involved in decisions that could be life-changing. We're joined by Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, professor of advanced media in residence at the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Shelley, thank you for joining us today. And in our previous conversations and talking about the evolution of artificial intelligence, especially the large language models like ChatGPT, uh, you have described them as word calculators. Uh, basically, it's a word calculator. It can guess the next thing you want to say or possibly say something in a style that you, that you, you want to intend. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe life or death decisions could be above the pay grade of the word calculator, or will they be? No, you have that 100% right, and so does Sam Altman. He was in Davos when uh, he said that, look, you're coming to a yellow light. Should you slow down, speed up, or stop? That is a question that human beings don't even bother to ask themselves. They just do by instinct after they've been driving for a little while. Uh, When a a self-driving car, which uses some kind of artificial intelligence, be it a neural network or some kind of um, either convolutional neural net or statistical machine learning, some version of AI, when it sees a yellow light, it makes a life or death decision, slow down, speed up or stop. So we are already relying on AI to make life or death decisions. Should word calculators do it? Yeah, large language models, they calculate the next best token, which is three to four English language characters uh, that ought to come based on your inputs and your interactions. They don't think in any way. They calculate. So no is the short answer. You do not want large language models making any life or death decisions. But here's the thing. 
if you're a subject matter expert, you will get more out of a large language model like chat, you know, something, a chat client, chat GPT, Claude, um, Microsoft's Copilot, which uses GPT-4 as its large language model. The more you bring to the party, the more you're going to get out of it. And these are tools. You know, you wouldn't let a hammer build the house for you by itself. If it could, you would guide it. You will guide large language models, and you will make the decisions based on information. The most important thing is that you're getting the right information, and the same way you check information from people who tell you, you do your own research, and that doesn't mean going on TikTok or YouTube. It means actually doing the research. The more you know, the better these tools serve you, and the less you know, the more at risk you are. Now, it, this does sound like the 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 setup for uh, some sort of uh, science fiction, you know, maybe a Star Trek episode that ends with uh, uh, William Shatner giving the uh, artificial intelligence a, a stern talking to. But uh, <laughs> but there there must be I mean, even before we get to artificial intelligence, we must already have applications in which. Uh, you have an algorithm or, or or something that has been programmed to make risk assessments that uh, you can you as the human being operating uh, an application or operating a computer program, uh, you can arrive at a, a quandary or a question in which uh, you don't know what the least riskiest option is, and then you could rely on the program to run the numbers for you and tell you what the least riskiest option is. 100%. And look, human beings are, should be rational actors. We should always take the best path because we should be able to assess statistical risk. But, you know, someone will tell you when they're, when they're betting, oh, I'm on a streak. It's like if you're betting in a random environment where the house has slight odds, there's no such thing as a streak. There's only the statistics that tell you that what the likelihood of the next move is going to be. And so human beings tend to make emotional decisions, not statistically relevant ones. So, yes, you can definitely be helped. If you've ever played blackjack and someone says you have to play by the book, and so the dealer will, you know, you're, you're, you ask the dealer, well, should I hit or stand on whatever your hand looks like? And the dealer says, the book says blank. But a gambler isn't going to do that. They're going to feel it in their gut and go, no, I'm gambling. I know what to do. That's not rational. The statistics are rational, but it's no fun to play that way because you're like a little machine. So people tend to make incredibly bad decisions. Do, do computers make bad decisions? They make statistically accurate ones, which you may or may not trust. Hallucinations that come out of large language models are misinformation. So if you are going to rely on a large language model, not only do you have all the statistics to deal with, which you may or may not care for, you've got a good, good chance that what you're getting out of the large language model is nonsense. So there's that, which again means the more subject matter expertise you bring to every interaction, the better off you're going to be. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, professor of advanced media in residence at the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, a preview of Chicago Restaurant Week. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The 17th annual Chicago Restaurant Week opens tomorrow and runs through February 4th. Let's get a preview from Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works aka the restaurant coach in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, what well, what is the impact of restaurant week on a restaurant's bottom line, especially during the uh, January doldrums between Christmas and Valentine's Day? Uh, well, the uh, the effect on the bottom line and the top line is unbelievable. It is a very big and positive 
hit to every restaurant that is participating. And, you know, that's because uh, Restaurant Week doesn't only impact the people who are in Chicago, but a lot of people from the suburbs come downtown because there's so many great deals to, to go to a restaurant you've never been to before. And these are uh, uh, fixed-price meals. I mean, it's an opportunity to try uh, some places that, that might have been out of your price range, and all of a sudden their restaurant deal uh, is, is, is affordable to you. Absolutely. And there are a lot of Michelin-rated uh, restaurants in Chicago that if you've never eaten at uh, those restaurants before, now is your time to go try their food and get it at a deal that's uh, – probably 20%, 25% of what the regular pricing might be. Is there any research or are there numbers on uh, what kind of a job Restaurant Week does in terms of uh, turning people who may be sampling the bill of fare during Restaurant Week and then turning them into regular customers? Uh, I don't know, you know what those numbers might be, but you know, again, personal uh, experience. I, I go to restaurants that I've never been to before to take advantage of these prices. And when I have a special occasion or I want to go out for a nice dinner, uh, very possibly uh, Restaurant Week has changed my uh, my mind. And I will uh, go to those restaurants that I attended during Restaurant Week as my new favorite special place. And then uh, if you are an owner or a manager uh, during Restaurant Week, how do you treat this month of the year uh, do you change your operational plan uh, compared to, let's say, uh, the holiday rush or Valentine's Day because you know you're going to have a, 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 a more, a, a just considerably more uh, new customers coming in compared to different times of the year? Yeah, I would certainly, uh, you know, Christmas time is busy. The restaurant gets ready for that. But that's regular customers coming in and celebrating. Restaurant week is the opportunity, as you say, Rob, to uh, – get people to make your restaurant their new favorite place. Uh, so those restaurant managers or owners are training their staff and telling their staff, let's make sure we give the very best service, the very best food, because this isn't just an increase in sales. This could be 10, 20, 30 or more new dedicated customers. And there's nothing worth more to a restaurant than a regular guest. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. The Restaurant Coach, talking about the 17th annual Chicago Restaurant Week. Thank you for joining us today. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.